We are very excited that you are here, especially with these palms. I never thought that I would see the smiles on the Krasowski kids' face like I did this morning. I think because they got to stand on the chairs. I mean, that just feels wrong to do that, right? But if it's done in the name of Jesus, it's okay. Uh, we are in the middle of a series, or kind of actually wrapping up a series this week and next week for Easter called Jesus Says. And there were seven sayings of Jesus that he um, kind of shared throughout his life and his ministry that we have recorded. And these are Jesus on Jesus. They are kind of self-revelations of what he said, of, of who he is. And this is something that all of us have to decide at some point in our journey with him or some point in our life. Do we believe, you know, who is Jesus? And do, do we believe him for what he says that he is? And each week we put out a different prayer card that kind of aligns with the different sayings of Jesus. And you can find those on the back table over in that corner. And a part of that card, there's a, a simple devotion that you can, you know, do once or you can do it every day or whatever you want to do. But there's a prayer practice on that called the breath prayer. And don't ask me why I didn't think of doing this, you know, like six weeks ago when we started. But Pastor Angela was... Uh, beginning our staff meeting last week, and she said, we're just going to do the breath prayer. And she, you know, we did it for, I don't know, a couple minutes. And I thought, why didn't I do that with everybody? So we're going to try this, all right? Breath prayer. So as I say the word, you're going to inhale on the first set of words. And this week, it's Jesus, the way, the truth, and life. And then you're going to exhale, and you're going to say, may I be your witness today. Okay, so try the first part. Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. May I be your witness today. We're going to try it again, okay? This time, actually pray, all right? Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. May I be your witness today. Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. May I be your witness today. That's a breath prayer. Pat yourself on the back. Uh, these are extremely helpful. Um, I know folks who, like, as they're running and working out, they kind of do little litanies or little rhythms like this. Helps them feel like they're in the presence of Jesus as they run. Um, you can do it while you're waiting for a class to start, or maybe uh, you're, you've got a break at work. Breath prayers are a really helpful way, especially if you're feeling any kind of stress at all, to just relax and get into God's presence. So give it a try this week. Well, our tax, text for today comes out of John 14, 1 through 6. And it's a, a full chapter back from where we were last week. We we're talking about Jesus as the vine. Our saying this week is Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, I received an email this week wondering uh, if Jesus... Uh, the, the, the email, it was like this. If Jesus is the vine and the Father is the gardener, then where is the Holy Spirit in Jesus' parable? And this was a question that came to me from my cousin Mason. Hi, Mason. He, uh, he lives in Colorado. He's much, much younger than I am, but he was kind of curious about this. And uh, I thought, man, that's a really good catch because even though Jesus didn't specifically talk about the Holy Spirit in that vine and gardener parable, the Holy Spirit is everywhere. You know, the, the Holy Spirit is what helps us keep connected to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is like, it's like the nutrients in the plant that is, is flowing through us that helps us be fruitful and help us to grow. 
And that's actually how Jesus can live inside of us. The Holy Spirit can dwell with our spirit. And uh, Mason reminded me that in this series, we're kind of cherry-picking these sayings. And whenever you kind of pull stuff out of the Bible like that, and you, it's really helpful to look at it from different angles. Sometimes you lose uh, the wider context. And um, Jesus is talking a lot about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 13, John chapter 14, and John chapter 15. And at some point, someone really smart decided to put the chapter numbers and verses in there. Originally, this would have been written just as one big, long, you know, like reading a book. But, but they put the references in there, that, which makes the Bible kind of read more like an encyclopedia. But it's helpful because you can go find stuff. But sometimes it breaks thing, things up in an unhelpful way. So this is called the Upper Room Discourse by Jesus. He would have said um, all of this at once. So today is Palm Sunday, and this is when we celebrate the coming of Jesus into Jerusalem. It's the start of Holy Week, and what a week it would be for Jesus. But the disciples aren't aware of all that's going on. Jesus is trying to prepare them for what's going to happen next. He's trying to get them ready. He, he, he doesn't want to tell them because they'll panic or they'll like kidnap him. It's like they won't let it happen. But he's trying to get them ready for the fact that he's not going to be there for them. And after the meal, Judas leaves to go do what he needs to do. And with the remaining disciples, he begins to... to talk in 13, 14, and John chapter 15. He says lots of really, really important stuff to get them ready. And the reason he feels this urgency is because it's not long until the bad guys are going to show up. And at one point, Jesus tells them, he says, my children, this is John 13, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. Peter's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean we can't come with you? Why can't I come with you right now? And Jesus kind of stiff arms him. He doesn't really answer directly. He's like, you know, you can't really do that, Peter. Instead, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I, not, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So these are really powerful statements by Jesus. Uh, these six verses have a lot packed into them. Uh, and a, a long time ago, 
there was a, and I, I mean a long time ago, okay? So this is where everybody over the age of 35 can stand on their chairs and sing, okay? Uh, there is a song by Audio Adrenaline. You know it by heart. It's called Big House. And uh, how, many of you, how many of you know Big House? Okay, how many of you don't know Big House? Okay, do you, do you want to hear it? Okay, here we go. Megan, Big House. Here it is. Got a yard with a hammock in the shade. I don't know if you got some shelter, say a place to hide. I don't know if you live with friends and who you can confide. I don't know if you got a family, say a mom or dad. Mel even knows the actions to it. Wasn't that amazing? Wow. Yeah, see, I know. Exactly. See, someone under the age of even 20 knows the, knows the actions to it. It's, it's, it's incredible. Oh, where do we go from here? Right. Well, these, these, these verses have inspired much in Christian culture, or subculture, uh, they're, they're, they're often spoken at more somber times, especially uh, funerals, memorial services. We'll, 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 I mean, I do this myself. We'll, we'll talk about, we'll read that passage of scripture. And there's a really common misunderstanding about what's waiting for us in heaven. And I'm really sorry to be the bearer of bad news because the King James Version actually translated that as mansions. Okay? In my father's house, there are many mansions. And back in the day, you know, like 300 years ago, in, in England English, mansions really just meant a room. Who knew? A place where you dwell. And, and now for us, it means this like palace. And so there's this misunderstanding that, oh man, we've got this palace waiting for us in heaven. Well, that's really not the point of the verse. It's shared as a way to be encouraging and hopeful that we won't be separated from Christ, that we will be with him, even in death. And we believe that Jesus has gone ahead of us not to build a house, but to make the way. He's gone ahead of us to make the way. And as Thomas points out, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Well, these could be words that any one of us could ask, especially, especially if we were faced with the imminent loss of someone we love. In the phrase, my father's house has many rooms, it's meant to be encouragement, like I said, but sometimes it can sound pretty hollow, Right? You know, it, it, it's like hearing someone say, oh, well, your loved one is in a better place. Oh, yeah, I hope so. Your father's house has many rooms. And the disciples, 
really needed to hear this from Jesus because he's the loved one who's departing. And he's comforting his closest and most dearest friends, his closest followers. And he says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And as I read that this week, I thought, man, the disciples 2,000 years ago, they're not the only ones who need to hear those words of Jesus. Amen. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You know, unfortunately, Thomas isn't the only one in history <laughs> to harbor doubts or to have lots of unanswered questions about what's going to happen next, about his future. You know, you just look at our world today and the list of problems, man, it goes on and on and on. In fact, we have, we have these wonderful things right here to remind us of all the terrible and awful, uncertain things that are happening in the world. And we have troubled hearts. In fact, having a troubled heart might be like the basic human experience right now. Maybe forever. So how can we live with an untroubled heart? Well, the secret is right here. It has to do with our relationship to Christ. Our relationship to Jesus. You know, there's, there's a movement in our lives from, from knowing about Jesus to actually trusting him as our Savior, as our King, as our Lord. And, um, you know, uncertainty, fear of what is uh, ahead of us, that, that's kind of looming over us all the time, that's plagued human beings since the beginning. But here's the words of Jesus. It's him inviting us to have faith, to trust him. That's how people keep their hearts from being troubled. You know, I want to be very quickly to remind all of us that the intended audience here for Jesus' words, it, it's not the crowd out there, it wasn't the Jewish leaders, it was his disciples. It's his closest followers who he's saying this to. And this encourages me because it's the disciples who don't get it. It's the disciples who have doubts and uncertainties. It's the disciples who seem plagued right here with a little bit of anxiety. And they're the ones being invited to have faith in him. They're the ones who are comforted with, with the promise that Jesus is not going to leave you alone. That encourages me for obvious reasons because sometimes I need to hear that because I worry. Sometimes I have doubts, even as a pastor. Sometimes, um, you know, it's like there's this breed of super Christian out there that's unfazed by things that happen in our life, not just in the like, you know, broader news sense of what's going on in our world, but then in our own individual lives. And we're supposed to somehow be impervious to this if we call ourselves Christians. Well, even Jesus' disciples needed a little help from time to time. 
You know, often this passage of Jesus, these words are repeated to people who have yet to put their faith in Jesus. You know, they may be curious, they may be exploring, they may be interested in Jesus, but they have yet to decide if, if Jesus can be trusted or if he's their savior. And you know, when that happens, words like this, they sound a little hollow. They sound a little insincere. They sound even a little hip, hypocritical unless the person who's saying them has actually experienced this, has responded to Jesus in this way. You know, there's a huge difference between um, experiencing life's troubles, which we're all going to face those hardships, those challenges, those trials. There's a difference between that and allowing your heart to be troubled. Jesus invites us to guard our hearts. Jesus invites us to trust and to have faith in him, that he's got our back, that he has our best interest in mind. He's not saying, hey, this is going to be easy. Put your faith in me and you're going to get a mansion someday. Uh, and a mansion here on earth, you're never going to face any hardships or trials or you're never going to have a bad day. He's not saying that at all. He's saying, don't let your heart be troubled because I'm with you. I'm with you now. I'll be with you in the future. I'll be with you forever. And, you know, he is saying that the, uh, the intended destination here is heaven. I mean, he's definitely saying that. That we can look forward to a day when we will be reunited. That no matter how bad things might look, and maybe the worst case scenario actually happens, we still hold hope. We still have hope that we will never be left alone. We will always be with him. Amen. 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 You know, it's a lot easier for us today to understand Jesus, you know, but if, if you put yourself in the disciples' shoes, you know, if you were there in the upper room with them, you probably, uh, you know, I always wondered, like, group dynamics, were you annoyed by Thomas, or were you secretly really kind of glad he said it? Right? You know, we've all been in those classes where you just, you, the professor or the teacher is just kind of going on and on. You're like, yeah, okay, I'm going to write the notes down. And then, then that one kid asks the question, you're like, oh, praise God, I don't have to say it. Right? But Thomas is practical. I mean, he's like, hey, we, we don't know where you're going. You know, how are we going to know the way? And Jesus says, I'm the way. I'm the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, whenever I hear this, so this triggers something in me now. Whenever I hear the way, I think of the Mandalorian. You know what I'm talking about? Right? How many of you have seen the Mandalorian? How many of you haven't seen the Mandalorian? Do you want to see it? Yeah, okay, let's see this. Here we go. This is the way. Have you ever removed your helmet? No. Has it ever been removed by others? Never. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. It's perfect, isn't it? 
It's dark. It's mysterious. What are they talking about? The way. Well, they weren't the first ones to say that. I always, I always get a little defensive when, when people, you know, sometimes justifiably so are a little miffed at Christians. And I just want to go, well, you know, you can thank us later for hospitals and, you know, schools, things like that in Western civilization. You can also thank us for the way. Because that's how Christians, followers of Jesus, were first identified. They weren't called Christians. That came later. I, I don't think they knew what to call themselves, so they just called themselves the way. This is the way. And uh, The Mandalorian is a great show. Um, that scene, uh, just, just to put it in context, it's like anyone can be a Mandalorian. You don't have to be born into a certain like people group. Uh, you can decide on your own accord to become one of them. You can decide to follow the way. This is just like Christianity. I mean, it's not something... Some, some of us are born into Christian families, but all of us, whether you're born into a family or not, at some point you have to choose whether or not you will start to walk and follow the way. And it's the way of Jesus, yes. I mean, when he says this to Thomas, the emphasis is definitely on that first term. You got the way, the truth, the life. The emphasis of Jesus is definitely, I am the way. What's he mean by that? You know, is this a way of life? You know, kind of like the Mandalorians are talking about? Well, yes. It's that, but it also opens the door to something else. Or not really opens the door. It's, it's really pointing towards something else. Jesus, when he says this, um, he's taken it to another level. He, he, he didn't say, I will show you the way to the Father. He says, I am the way to the Father. You see the difference? I am the way. We're not talking about geography. Show me the way. We're talking about relationship. And if you uh, would like to know the Father, you have to know Jesus. No one comes to the Father except through me. So in a world that believes all paths lead to God, how does this work? Let me tell you how. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Jesus isn't being mean. Jesus isn't being intolerant. In fact, Jesus is the ultimate respecter of people and their dignity of choice. But he's saying that the God of the Bible, his heavenly Father, you know, he's not the same as all the other gods out there. He's not the same as Allah, he's not the same as uh, Odin or Zeus. Uh, he's not the same as, you know, the yin and the yang. He's not a higher power. Jesus is making a very definitive and factual statement. He's saying, if you'd like to have access to God the Father, you must have a relationship with me. 
So when Jesus says this, do you remember who he says it to? He says it to his disciples, his closest ones. You know, if Jesus had said this in public, they would have stoned him. In fact, they tried to at one point. Jesus fends them off. He's like, well, if you don't believe what I'm saying here, then, you know, at least believe the miracles, believe, believe the works. And this is instructive to me because um, when we read these I am statements of Jesus, it's really tempting to, to put them on a t-shirt, you know, to kind of wear them on our sleeve. You know, Jesus is the way. But I don't know that that's always the most helpful. I mean, sometimes it comes across just as being Christians being very defensive. You know, like, well, my God's better than your God. But in the context of a friendship or in the context of a conversation or the context of process or the context of journey, because God is speaking to each and every single one of us. I mean, the Holy Spirit is interacting with every single person on the planet. The question is whether or not, how are you responding to God's Spirit? And in that context, when it's like, I want to know the Father, Jesus is the way, he's the truth, he's the life. And this is something that followers of Jesus have discovered since Jesus was here. Jesus is the one who reveals God to us. He's like no one else. He's not just a prophet. Christians believe that Jesus is God incarnate. And we have to know that. We have to believe that. We have to be clear on that. Uh, there was a biblical scholar, F.F. F. Bruce. He puts this really neatly. He says, all truth is God's truth, as all life is God's life, but God's truth and God's life are incarnate in Jesus. Incarnate really literally means in meat, means in flesh, in the flesh. It's alive and real in Jesus Christ. And I so appreciate what Tammy Long, the, the person who wrote those uh, prayer cards in the back, she says this about Jesus' statement. He says, Jesus is the way, she says, Jesus is the way to God. He guides us in all truth of God, and he offers us the abundant and eternal life with God. And yet, the world resists. The world scoffs at the idea that there is only one way to God. The world seeks to define abundant life by its own terms. But Jesus' death and resurrection verified everything he ever said. His disciples eventually understood, and followers of Jesus have been his witnesses ever since. You see, the way of Jesus is the way of the cross. And here we sit on Palm Sunday and we celebrate Jesus as the Messiah, the King. The, rightfully so, taken his place, uh, uh, admired and recognized. But this is the beginning of Easter week, Holy Week. And there's a pretty deep valley that Jesus is going to have to walk through. That's the way. In fact, that valley is, is the valley that he invites us to walk through with him, to pick up our cross, to deny ourselves, to follow him.
but we're not following him just to death. We're following him to new life, the resurrection life that we'll know and we'll taste and we'll see next week. And so as we go about our, our Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, wherever it is that we're, we're going to be this week, I invite you to, to hear these words of Jesus, to not let your hearts be troubled. Maybe that's what clicks with you this morning. Lean into that. Ask God to hold your heart, to guard your heart. Maybe, maybe there was something this morning that perked your attention. It was the Holy Spirit. You're like, yeah, I need to remember that. That Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. What is it for you this morning? Please join me in prayer. Lord, the way of Jesus, um, it's a tough way. Sometimes it can seem really difficult. But then we're reminded that maybe we're trying to go about it the wrong way. Maybe we're trying to go about it our way or on our own. And we don't have to. Lord, just like you promised or you encouraged your disciples so long ago, you encouraged disciples today that you will be with us, that you've prepared a place for us, that even though we face troubles in this world, we don't have to let our heart be troubled, Lord, that at some point you, we can invite you to come and live inside of us and you empower us, Lord, just like, just like you give lives to grape vines, just like you produce fruit and fruit trees, Lord, you produce life and fruit in us. Help us to stay connected to you. Help us to follow you, Lord, even when your way seems tough. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus.